Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. Hello, we are podcasting live from the CareNet National Conference 2017 here in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Uh, I am Vince DiCaro, the Chief Outreach Officer at CareNet. Uh, and, and we have a name plate to, so to help us. I remember who I am. So, so Roland, has I forget a, sometimes. He has a hard time. From I am. I took mine off, actually. I'm, See, my, I'm Roland Warren from CareNet. And I am Vince DiCaro. We'll confirm that for the camera yeah, from CareNet. So Roland Warren, the, the president and CEO of CareNet. Yes. As I said, we're here in Washington, D.C. at our national conference. This is exciting. Uh, we just heard, heard an incredible uh, keynote address at our lunch. Uh, Andy Andrew gave a very encouraging um, and inspiring speech here. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, spot on stuff, man. Just really, really fires you up and gets you prepared to get back out there and, and do do God's work. So, but Roland and I wanted to take this opportunity to uh, just share some thoughts here from our conference mm -hmm. uh, with you good folks. Um, and this, of course, is being broadcast here on Facebook, but it'll also be one of our uh, podcasts, uh, the CareCast podcast yeah. that you can subscribe to on, uh, on iTunes. Subscribe. Yeah, must. subscribe to CareCast, yes, yes, available wherever podcasts are sold or something. I think that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. So, pardon my phone, I actually have notes on here because uh, that's what the kids do these days, so I'm going to do it too. Um, but actually, Ron, I want to kind of dive into mm -hmm. a couple of the things that you talked about this morning in your keynote address here at the mm -hmm. conference. Um, yeah. Really powerful stuff. I think you, you know, sometimes when the crowd is really quiet, that can be a bad sign or a good sign, right. and I think this morning it was a good sign because people yeah. were really soaking in what you were saying, and it was sort of like this bottled up, like, man, this is really good. Because then at the end, you got you actually got a standing ovation, yeah, which doesn't That's happen good. at conferences very often. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. Honored. Yeah, yeah. I Honored mean, to participate. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, Ron, yeah, Ron was giving himself a standing. No, <laughs> he, he just happened to be standing. I so was standing that's, that's and what, doing it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yes. so really yeah. powerful stuff. So, I want to just kind of talk a little bit about what some of the things that you said. So, the first thing that you said was actually related to our theme for this year's conference, which is the foundation mm -hmm. standing on the cornerstone of our faith. Um, so, we chose that that uh, theme for this year's conference for, for a very good reason. So kind of talk a little bit about what this what this foundation is and why that's so important. Yeah, no, we really, we spend a lot of time, you know, obviously talking about and praying about what's the right um, theme for the conference. And really the, the theme is the, the foundation, the cornerstone of our faith. And, you know, basically I kind of built off of that to say, you know, what is, what should our foundation be? I mean, what should the foundation be for the work that we're we're doing at CareNet? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to address with that is that, you know, the foundation really should be this notion around the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that should be our foundation. And the other kinds of things that we do are bricks that are on the foundation, but they're not the foundation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and frankly, one of the reasons I did that is because, you know, there have been some folks, even some folks even in the pregnancy center movement who say, well, you know, I don't know if that, that really should be our foundation. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this the whole notion around the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like, should we do that? Is it a distraction? Or if, if it's not a distraction, maybe it's not something that we should share with someone mm -hmm. in the midst of a of, of a unplanned pregnancy, maybe later or something like that. And I really kind of built off the notion that, no, no, actually, it's the perfect time mm -hmm. to do that. When you meet yeah. somebody at their point of need and modeling off of what Christ did, mm -hmm. he always led with the gospel of Jesus Christ because he was the gospel mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ incarnate. Mm -hmm. And that's the key also mm -hmm. to making sure that 
the work that we do doesn't become transactional. Right. That it yeah. doesn't become sort of like a, as I said, retail, series of retail transactions where mm -hmm. folks are coming to the pregnancy center and, you know, it's more this kind of thank you, come again, and they're not really being transformed. Right, exactly. And the transformation happens from what the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that, right. That's Absolutely. what that is about. So. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's a key distinction to make uh, is this distinction between transformational yeah. and transactional. And, yeah. and as you said, and I'll just kind of restate it, it you know, to, for us to not be transactional, the key there, yeah. um, to, to, the key for moving uh, from transactional uh, to transformational is the gospel. Yep. And therefore, we have to build all of our work upon that foundation. So, mm -hmm. again, that's our, our theme at this year's conference. And we're sort of building that out um, in all the workshops and the, the different keynote addresses that are, that are happening this week. Um, mm -hmm. And that actually leads, a lot of what you just said leads very much into the next topic that I want to cover, which you also talked about this morning, is this notion of an emergency room yeah. versus something else, which we won't reveal quite yet. We'll get okay. to that. Yeah, we got to build some suspense on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can feel the suspense. We'll take it out from, from under the table or something. Yes. But yeah, so again, there's this notion that, you, yeah. again, even in within the pregnancy center movement, that uh, that pregnancy centers are emergency rooms. Right. And again, bring this back to the conversation about the gospel, you wouldn't necessarily be thinking about sharing the gospel in an emergency room sort right. of setting. So if you think of yourself as an emergency room, that can kind of lead you down this path of, yeah, I mean, so yeah, the gospel really isn't something that we should be thinking yeah. about because this is an emergency. We got to stop the bleeding and get them out. Uh, that sort of thing. Get them in quick, treat them, get them out. Yeah. Um, and so, our, our idea here at CareNet and the one that we're trying to communicate is that pregnancy centers shouldn't be thought of as emergency rooms. No. Um, what should they be thought of? As yeah, it, it's interesting that you say that because one of the things I one of the things I quoted, you know, my wife's a physician, and I know a lot of physicians, and I you know I know some ER doctors, emergency room doctors, and just talking about like you know talking to those doctors in terms of why do they feel you know. Uh, that they do that work. I mean, what do they like about it? And a big part is that they like the, the fact that, you know, frankly, that they are, they're focused on what's happening in front of them. They don't have to focus on what happened before the person got to the emergency room or, frankly, after the person got to the emergency room. It's not that they're uncaring, mm -hmm. but their focus is very transactional about this particular piece. It's not really transformational. They're not getting to, into systemic issues mm -hmm. of what brought you to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. So you run into a problem if pregnancy centers start to view themselves as emergency rooms mm -hmm. uh, because the other piece is is that you know we moved away from the term crisis pregnancy mm -hmm. several years ago and which was a good thing which yeah. was a good thing one of the reasons one was a you know often you know these women and men don't feel that they're in a crisis so it wasn't really connecting right but B we really don't want them to feel like they're in a crisis right. because when you're in a crisis you tend to make bad decisions you when you feel like you're in a crisis. Absolutely. Yeah. You make bad decisions when you're in a crisis. And so we really don't want them to have that perspective. We want to understand they're in a storm when they come in, and we're trying to encourage them to move out of the storm into the eye of the storm where there's calm, where you can look up and hear from God and also where you can look out and gain perspective. So mm -hmm. you know, I always, when, I always, when I say this, I think about The Wizard of Oz mm -hmm. and Dorothy when she's in that whirlwind. And, <laughs> and you're like, okay, the piano comes every third rotation. So I want to make sure I miss duck third mm -hmm. rotation. So mm -hmm. when you're in the eye of the storm, you can see that, oh, the piano comes every third rotation. Oh, yeah, like that kind of thing. Yeah, huh? And you can step out because you're going to have to go back into it. you got to go back out there. got to go back We're into it. We're not denying that there's a storm. We're not denying that there's a storm. But in the eye of the storm, you gain perspective. You can look up and you can look around, and then you step back into it with a plan. So it's an opportunity for you uh, to, to do that. So instead of the emergency room mm -hmm. way of it, which is sort of creates this false dichotomy between offering care and offering the gospels, if you have to choose between the two, mm -hmm. 
it really is something, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, and I think you came up with the term that really what the, the pregnancy center really is, it, it, it's a safe home. Right, right. It's a safe home. Yeah. And if you've seen these uh, these kind of things on, on, on the Internet about safe rooms and these places where, you know, folks have stuff prepared, there's medical stuff, there's food, you know, there's supplies. It, it's a place where there's calm, there's a storm outside. You know, I'm kind of thinking of the folks in Houston right now, although a safe room would probably wouldn't help that much with the water. But, you know, if you're in the middle of a storm, you go to the safe room and it's already prepared ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so you can be calm. So you, you're supported within mm -hmm. a community. You can gain perspective. You can pray. You can plan. And prepare. And prepare because you know you're going to have to deal with the consequences of the storm. Right. So it's not really, we're not emergency rooms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're actually safe rooms. Right. And when you think about it that way, a safe room gives you the opportunity to have a transformational mm -hmm. perspective mm -hmm. in terms of what you're doing, whereas an emergency room really offers you more of a transactional perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And we really want to get away from that perspective and yeah, and, and not have that view. Perfect. Yeah, and and again, in in that in the kind of the sanctuary of the safe room where there's time for reflection, something like presenting the gospel makes sense mm -hmm. in that context. Whereas again, the in the yeah. chaos of the emergency room, that might not make sense. Yeah. And so that's why you can kind of go, end up going down that path if you if you really follow this emergency room model of doing things. And and I think in all fairness, mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think folks who may want to have the view that this is kind of an emergency room perspective would probably be more frankly abortion providers mm. because yeah. if you think about it you yeah. know you know when you see the opposition to things i mean things that just make some sense like a waiting period because you you're, these are life or death decisions that person is, is making a waiting period or seeing the ultrasound so you under, understand what you're actually mm -hmm. aborting mm -hmm. or you know parental notification mm -hmm. i mean uh, things that just seems like that just make practical sense yeah. why mm -hmm. would you not want someone to do that well if you have a transactional model you know as we know from the internet like the internet and other stuff that we do right you don't want friction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't want friction between you and the transaction mm -hmm. right so easy access your drive-through lane you want to make sure there's not an obstacle mm -hmm. courses you got to get around you want easy mm -hmm. access mm -hmm. no friction in terms in terms of that and that's what ends up happening because in in a retail environment a retail mindset you don't want people to be transformed Right, right. You don't you want, want them to keep coming back. You want them to come back and want exactly the same thing that they had yesterday. It, it's about transaction. Yep. You don't want transformation. Yeah. You want transaction. So, frankly, we really don't want folks to be in that perspective. Um, yes, it's a serious situation. Mm -hmm. No question about it. But, but you have time. And we don't want you to be in the crisis. We want you to step out of the eye of the storm into the mm -hmm. center of the storm, into the eye, excuse yeah. me, out of the whirlwind of the storm, into the eye of the storm. Right, absolutely. To gain perspective. That's absolutely right. So right. speaking of transformation, the last thing I wanted to cover with you today was uh, the role of the church. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, but there are, there are about 2,500 pregnancy centers in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I think nearly 1,000 of them are represented well, yeah. over 1,100 are CareNet affiliates, yeah. and at least half of those are represented here at this very right conference, here. Right, right here, here. right behind this screen, which yeah. I think, you know, the, the magic of live TV, I think somebody walked into the screen before and was shaking, so that's just the fun part of doing all this. That's what keeps it real. <laughs> that's right. That's, this is authentic, folks. Yes. Um, and so uh, they're doing incredible work. I mean, gosh, like, it's just, it, it's breathtaking, honestly, yeah. to just hear about the incredible work that these pregnancy centers are doing day in and day out. Yeah. But... There's over 900,000 abortions happening every year in this country, yep. year after year after year. It's an enormous mountain that needs to be climbed. Um, but there are about 400,000 churches in the country. Yep. Um, and very few of them are, are engaged in a way that is 
connecting into this transformational work that has to happen right. in the hearts and minds of abortion-minded people, right? right? Um, and so there are partnerships between pregnancy centers and churches, but what CareNet has really been talking about for the last couple of years is making those partnerships more meaningful um, and sort of changing the hierarchy in terms of whose issue this is. Right. So talk a little bit about the church's role in all of this and, kind of, and building out that place where transformation can happen. Yeah, I, I think that this has been one aspect, I think, of, of, of the pregnancy center model, so to speak, the movement, uh, that's sort of been, not been where it needs to be. And it's this notion that, you know, pregnancy centers have this ability to obviously meet somebody at their point of need, and certainly from a gospel perspective, we can share the gospel, which can lead to, which is evangelism, which can lead mm -hmm. to conversion. And a person like converts and says, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But as you know, you know, as Christians, we're not called to make converts. Mm -hmm. We're called to make disciples. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing that Jesus said, you know, mm -hmm. go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I taught you. Mm -hmm. And the seat of discipleship is actually the church. So there's got to be something that's going on here where people, folks move from the pregnancy center to the church mm -hmm. for ongoing support and discipleship, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you have discipleship in the church, but you also have, even in terms of the material needs that need to be met, mm -hmm. folks within the church have the ability to do that. A lot of times a person wants to have an abortion because maybe they don't have a place to live or uh, they, you know, they don't have a job or uh, there there's some issue in terms of their relationship. Maybe they've been living together for a while, but they don't understand how to build a, a high quality, low conflict marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, all those kinds of things can be modeled for folks in the church. Right. In fact, they are not modeled uh, in that context in the pregnancy center. Mm -hmm. So we really have to have a, an approach where we move people from the pregnancy center to the church mm -hmm. for ongoing support and discipleship. Mm -hmm. And as you know well, that's the reason why mm -hmm. we came up with, by God's grace, making life disciples, which is designed to equip the church to offer compassion, hope, help, and discipleship mm -hmm. to anyone who is considering considering abortion. So it's a way to really kind of link the pregnancy centers to the church. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah. you made another point about you know this kind of the, the, the transition here. And one of the things I've say often is that this isn't the pregnancy centers uh, movement's issue, and the church is helping, right? Right? Because we're para church ministries, and para means to come alongside. So, for example, if you're a lawyer and you have a paralegal, who owns the client relationship? Mm -hmm. Right. The, lawyer, the, the lawyer does. The lawyer does, not the paralegal. The paralegal has a very specific set of skills for a very specific time or a very specific situation. Mm -hmm. But the, And pregnancy centers are parachurch ministries. So we have a very unique set of skills for a specific time. But ultimately, the clients in our pregnancy centers are members of churches that just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. right. And so the church yeah. has to be not just in a receiving a receiving ministry where folks are coming, but it also has to be a retrieving ministry where there's a partnership between the pregnancy centers and the church so that folks can move from the pregnancy center where they've gotten compassion, hope, and help, and evangelism, so to speak, where they can move to the, the church where they can get compassion, hope, help, and discipleship, which is a long-term long process. Yeah. So we're really excited about um, articulating that and it all kind of ties into you know this whole notion that we've been talking about the pro-abundant life notion where one yeah. pillar of this kind of structure we build with a roof is the pro-abundant uh, pro-abundant life based on John 10 10 and the two pillars holding that up one being the family and we talked a lot mm -hmm. about that in another podcast about the role of, 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 the, of the family father involvement that whole notion it's not just about saving a baby it's about raising a child mm -hmm. and peace yeah. but then that second pillar mm -hmm. being discipleship yeah. and yeah. the key there all built on the foundation 
salvation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Looping right back around to where we started. Isn't that amazing? That's perfect. I, just, you can't even you can't plan like that. It's like the circle of life. <laughs> It's it is. Magical, it is. Yeah. That's. It's, yeah. So you just you just did my job for me in terms of just wrapping that all together with a bow, with a bow on it. So, <laughs> so with that being said, yeah. um, again, we're here at the 2017 CareNet National Conference, the foundation standing on the cornerstone of our faith. That's yes. our theme this year. Yes. So Roland couldn't have said it better just there. Uh, just getting back to this, uh, you know, and really reinforcing this notion that our work is built on the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's where we're gonna, that all the bricks that we're putting on top of that to make this work happen are all built upon that, that solid foundation. Uh, and so we wanna thank you, all everyone on Facebook who's watching this video right now, for following and liking and, you know, uh, Facebook, or uh, Karenette's Facebook posts, uh, reading our blog, and all the other support that yes, these guys have, you guys have given us. We're, we're so grateful for that. Um, you've been a big part of the, of the growth uh, that this pro-abundant life message that we've been getting out there, the growth that that messaging has had over the last couple of years is is thanks to you and, and the yeah. support that you've given us. So we're thankful. So that's about all we have to say today, yeah, Ron. Yeah. So we're going to sign off here from our conference. We probably have a meeting or something to get to something. Uh, or another speech. or so. I hope you're not doing another speech because <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good for one, one, one is enough. One, one is enough. Maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll yeah, grab you up there again. So, happens. But thank you so much. Yes. We're signing off. God bless you. Peace to everyone.